Hi everyone, today is July 30th, 2017, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. And I'm Deck Tech. And we finally saw uh, Merrick come to Duel World, which was something that's been expected almost since the beginning of the game. They they had him promoted, and now he's finally here. Uh, we farmed him a bit, and we also you know, finished our PvP runs so we could finally get our tickets. And Deck Tech has some exciting news he wants to talk about. <laughs> it's, I think it's more exciting for you than it is for me or, or anyone else, but uh, the the news was that I was streaming the last um, like 10 or so games uh, to get to 100 wins. Um, I was on a roll. I thought for a sec that I might be able to take it up to Legend, but I felt just short again. I had been playing, I got to plat five like earlier this week, and then I fell back down to plat three. And then on the stream, I went from four up to five, and then I won like one or two and five, and then I ended up uh, losing a couple in the middle, and then I, I ended up with a win to get to my 100th win. Um, puts me way behind a lot of other people. I've seen people posting like several hundred wins, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, that's that's all I needed to get. I just wanted to get that second ticket, so that was kind of my main goal. And my secondary goal was to try to get to legend, um, or even cooler would have been king of games. But it, it's king of games is definitely not going to happen this month, and I don't think legend is either. I got some stuff I got to do today, so we will try to get there next month. Cool. Yeah, how about you? Uh, I think this time last week, which was last Sunday, I got the 100. Uh, I pretty much got Necrofear from gold to platinum. Uh, I just played Necrofear the whole time. Uh, and then I started playing around with these other decks whenever I went to PvP. I stopped PvP altogether, but then uh, I wanted to try out some of the cards I got from Merrick, like Masked Beast and Lava Golem. You know, those were just the really preliminary decks I saw online, and I tried to test them out. But, um, you know, Lava Golem one's obviously pretty fun, and that's going to be something to look out for in the future. It's just really dangerous. And Aspies doesn't look too good right now, but it looks like it could be like a package with Necrofear. Both both of the mechanics could be packaged with Necrofear, but uh, we'll see how those decks work out. Yeah, I like that the um, Doomdog can find yeah. Necrofear and the Lava Golem. So that's kind of cool. People were running the tour bus from the Forbidden Realms, um, specifically for Lava Golem, but it seems like if you're running six of those searchers, it's kind of overkill, so you could just use the Doom Dog for three of the monsters, and that would just be good. Yeah, I would only use the bus if I ran other targets besides the Golem, or if it was just like a Turbo Golem deck, and the entire point of the deck was to get the Golem online as fast as possible, but uh, the other target is the um, Jowls. Oh, Jowls, yeah. Yeah, Jowls is another good target for uh, the Tour Bus, and Archfiend is another good target for the Doom Dog. So, And this is a bit of a lesson in not getting cards, because I don't have the uh, Tour... I don't have one copy of the Tour Bus, and now I can't play those decks, because... I don't have it. So that's another lesson about getting every card uh, when you're farming. I mean, it wasn't my fault that I didn't get it. I, I got like, every other card. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just get unlucky. I think I only have one of the tour bus. 
Yeah, that was back then when it was really hard to farm, and the drop rates were, I think they were worse back then. Maybe. I mean, I have, like, a ton of the other things that he dropped. That was Bakura, right? Yeah. It was yeah. when he dropped, like, Gross Ghost and um, Dark Necrofear, I think. Mm. No, wait, he, he never dropped well, Dark not, Necrofear. Yeah, he never dropped Necrofear, but... It's another SR that... Uh... The one where you discard and it makes... Oh, the uh, trance. Discard... Yeah, the trance. I got, like, seven of that guy. I didn't get those the first pass, either. Mm. Uh... I got those in the event after it, but they didn't give the, the tour bus back. I think they didn't have that one back. Oh, how rude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so we're going to move on to the news, and there's a correction. Uh, fellow Yu-Gi-Oh! podcaster Yugi Deck Talks pointed out that um, where our discussion about card traders, we didn't really understand how upgrading to prismatics works, and... The reason you couldn't upgrade your N's and R's is because only the U.R.'s and S.R.'s can be prismatic. Um, right. This makes a bunch of sense. Yeah, he said that that's kind of the way that it is in the real card game, which kind of, again, also makes sense. It makes them more special. So um, rip my dreams of having really easy bonuses for farming. The... Uh... But, the prismatics kind of look like bootlegs, don't they? Like like stickers. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, they're all digital cards on my phone, so I none of I'm them say, look like. I'm saying like real. The, desi- the design of it looks like a yeah. sticker. Like they used to sell those stickers of like cards, and they it looks just like it, like the, yeah. the glossy pattern. Yeah, I remember those. Good times. <laughs> and then there's the time you bought the fake cards, right? Not knowing them. Uh. Well, yeah, that was like a whole thing. Um, I'm not sure if our listeners remember this, but um, the actual official distributor of the Yu-Gi-Oh card game was making bootleg versions of the Yu-Gi-Oh card game like itself. I forget which distributor. What year was this? What year was this? Uh, like 10 years ago, I guess, or something like that. Okay. Um, but it was... I'd, I don't remember who, who it was, but it was the official distributor um, was making bootleg copies of the cards because they were making so much money selling the cards that they wanted to sell more than Konami had like allowed them to. Um, and so they just went and made their own like knockoff copies using the same like prints and uh, stuff. So it looked fairly real, but they looked a little bit different. And there was like a whole FBI like sting and everything it was it was quite you have the, some of those cards right i probably do but i don't i don't know if i specifically like if i know for a fact that i had some i just know that it happened okay gotcha all right um so we're gonna report on the tournament the reddit tournament that happened last week um we talked about dk's tournament which was really cool and this was the standard tournament that they run on reddit uh they they used to do it every two weeks or so but uh it's become more inconsistent lately but um there are 20 participants and just like dk's tournament it was a bit focused on red eyes which isn't surprising but um there were four zombie variants one regular red eyes and one counter trap deck um also cleared three control decks based on godsphere's um deck in DK's tournament 
some other decks that represented were Hammer Shark, Phoenix, Naturia, Mill, and Toons. And finally, uh, honestly, I didn't even know Destiny Board was a skill. Like, I, did, <laughs> I, I thought it was really cool that like there, someone played it, and I was like, oh, oh shoot, it's a skill. But someone bought uh, Destiny Board to the tournament, and they got top eight. Um, so Red Eyes showed its dominance in the win-loss records. Five of the six players who brought Red Eyes made it to the top eight. And two mill decks, too, which was pretty interesting. Um, so let's talk about these decks. Yeah, sure. First place is Pyric with the Red Eyes Zombie. And this one is notable for being missing a third copy of Kazuki, um, the Wyvern as well, and the Red Eyes Insight. Yeah, he's two copies of each of those. Um, sideboard structure, uh, Sphere Karibo, uh, Wonder Balloons, Anti-Magic Arrows. Yeah. Uh, what's so impressive so, about this deck? I mean, the, like you said, the interesting point is that he's missing third copies of those three cards, which are widely considered like kind of the best cards in the deck. Yeah. So... Um, it is interesting that he's running it without them, and it's kind of a, a nod to how powerful the deck is that you can run it without them. Um, this, the uh, tournament structure in which they have sideboards would allow you to put more of your tech cards, uh, obviously, outside of the main deck. So if you were building it, you might be inclined to build it like full power with three copies of all of your power cards and stuff, and then just put your tech cards, all of them in the sideboard for specific matches or whatever you want to um, counter and what you think you can get away with not having. I'm inclined to believe that he's not running three of each just because he doesn't have them, because I don't know why you wouldn't run them. I mean, one thing I could see is the Wonder Balloons on Goblin Zombie... Kind of a combo thing you could do here. Um, yeah, and you you know I love Wonder Balloons in Red Eyes decks. Um, I've been I've been championing this for a little while now. Um, you streamed think, yourself playing it, right? Yeah, yeah, I okay, did. Good. You have web proof. <laughs> it's true. Um, the I think Wonder Balloons is amazing for Red Eyes decks in this Red Eyes meta. Um, not that many decks these days uh, run the spell trap removal. It used to be everywhere, but now it's a lot less common. And so a lot of decks, if you get the Wonder Balloons down, you just kind of win because you can have your 2400 attack guy out, and if their guys can't be bigger than your guy, then they just can't get through you. Uh, Red Eyes does not usually run Spell Trap Removal. Sometimes they will run Super Rush Headlong and or uh, Enemy Controller. But once you get the uh, Wonder Balloons going, then they have only that number of outs to even possibly come back into it. And if you get like your second Red Eyes up, then they just uh, have a big trouble with it. And you know, if you have any sort of counters or anything, it's basically just an amazing way to tilt the mirror match drastically in your favor. Yeah. 
Second place is Mazarek with Balance. Uh, this this list is similar to what a player called uh, named Epic Fail brought to DK's tournament. Uh, let's see his deck. It has uh, Van Dalgen, which is a level up reward from Yugi. One Red Eye Zombie, three regular Red Eyes, three Insights, two cards of the Red Stone, two Mirror Walls, two no three Spirits, three Champions Vigilance, and two Ultimate Providence. Um, the sideboard runs Heavy Night of the Flame, three Twisters, and Retort. Uh, explain how this deck works. Yeah, so, <clears throat> as you guys know, I've been playing a lot of Red Eyes recently. I like the way the deck works, and also it's really powerful, and that's a great combo for, you know, laddering. So, <clears throat> the I tried out this version, and I think it might be the best deck in a tournament format, especially one in which you have a sideboard like this. Um, the way the deck works is obviously you have balance, so you have 20 cards and multiples of 5. You've got the 5 monsters, the 5 spells, and the 10 traps. So that means that every hand you start with 1 monster, 1 spell, and 2 traps. Um, you use the... Since 3 of your spells are the insight... And three of your traps are the um, the spirit. red eyes, yeah, the red eye spirit. You have a very good chance, over sixty percent chance. I forgot what the actual math is. Get the insight at least sixty. Right, it's at least sixty. Well, it's sixty plus if you Whatever, got yeah. the knights of the or the cards of the redstone, and then you have a chance of also getting uh, the other getting it from the trap. So you have incredibly good odds of picking it up. And if you don't have the insight, then you, the other card, the other magic you run is cards of the um, redstone. Red stone. So you have almost, you're almost guaranteed to have a way to put a red eyes into your graveyard and a way to get a red eyes back in your starting hand based on the way the deck is designed. Then, since you are already running the Champion's Vigilance, you can throw in a couple more counter traps and run uh, Vandalgin. And Vandalgin is great for... It's just a super high swingy card. Um, I'll read you what it does. If you negate the activation of an opponent's spell trap cards or opponent's monster effects... With a counter trap card, except during the damage step, and that's just a timing thing because um, you can't summon monsters during the damage step by the general rules of the game. You can special summon this card from your hand. If summoned this way, activate these effects and resolve in sequence depending on the type of cards negated by the counter trap. If it's a spell, inflict 1,500 damage. If it's a trap, target one card your opponent controls and destroy it. And if it's a monster, target one monster in your graveyard and special summon it. Wow. Yeah, that's a crazy strong effect. You got five counter traps here. (laughs) Right. You have five counter traps, which is half of your traps. So by the normal math, you're going to start your most games with one of them. Um, And the guy himself is a 2,800 attacker, 2,500 defense which means that he is bigger than a beat-downed Red Eyes if it's on its own. There's no second beat-down activator. So 
Um, you are using them to get back more red eyes sometimes, to kill their red eyes sometimes, or to just kill their face because 1500 damage is a lot of damage in this format. And 1500 damage plus a swing of 2800 is game. So that card is incredibly powerful, and it's kind of the reason... I mean, I think the main reason why you do it is because it just works out so well that you have the three insights, the two cards of redstone, and then if you're running the normal red eyes like I am, you want to run six traps anyway because you want the three champions vigilance and you want the three uh, red eye spirit. And so you might as well throw two more in and make sure your draws are perfect. Um, and the deck works really well like I said, in this tournament format where you know you're going to face a lot of red-eyes decks, especially when you have a sideboard like this, because then you can throw Retort into the sideboard like this guy did. He only had one. I would probably put two in there if I were him, because Retort is just the most uh, like amazing counter to other red-eyes decks. It's a counter trap, and it reads, when your opponent activates a spell trap card, spell or trap card, with the same name as one in your graveyard, negate the activation of their spell, and destroy the card. Then you can add one card with that name from your graveyard to your hand. So right. if, yeah. if you get going before they do, obviously you have to play your spell first or trap, and then, um, and then set this. But then when they do anything on their turn, because Red Eyes decks are very heavily based on spells and traps... Um, to get the red eyes in there and to bring them back. So on their turn, you just almost win the game right off the bat. You get a counter their thing, so their play doesn't work, and you get back another use of whatever important card you have. So um, there's just it's just backbreaking against another red eyes deck if you get to go first is kind of the, the key qualifier. The reason why I think the deck is better in a tournament format than in a um, on the ladder and stuff is that a lot of these cards, and this version's a little bit streamlined in that it doesn't run a couple of the things that I don't think work as well, um, but you still have the Divine Providence, and that plus the Vandalian means that you have a moderate chance of just bricking where you have cards that don't do anything on their own and don't do anything unless or until your opponent does something. So if they just have the board, then they can just keep swinging until they win and you can't do anything about it because you're waiting for them to play another card. Um, so I played it for a little while in Platinum and I liked the other version that I was running better, which instead of running balance to make your draws good, it ran um, restart. It runs restart. And uh, obviously the idea is the same. It helps you curate your hand to be exactly what you want. But um, the benefit of the restart version is that it lets you build the deck how you want to. And so you can kind of mess with the numbers a little bit whereas if you're running balance you obviously for the skill to work you want it to be a 5 5 10 structure there you go 
So if you want to use this card, you gotta level up Yugi to thirty-eight, I think, something like that. Uh, yeah, I think it's thirty-eight. And this is a card that we often um, neglected at first, just like Dark Voltanus, because we were thinking about how counter traps would never see play, but now just they just it just works for this format. Yeah, I think it. And yes, it's thirty-eight. I just confirmed. Uh, a couple things changed that make it better than it was when it was first added. One of them is that we now have uh, the Divine Provenance. So we have a second counter trap that is um, utilitarian enough that you can kind of feel comfortable using it without risking breaking frequently. Um, and the other important point is that now that Red Eyes is good, you have Champion's Vigilance. And you want to play that anyway. So before, it, when it first came out, we didn't yet have all of the tools to make Red Eyes happen. And so it was kind of like we didn't really have any counter traps, and now we have two, and two counter traps is enough so that you can have five in your deck and have a very solid chance of drawing one in your start in hand. Yep, that makes sense. Uh... Third place guy, uh, Jukto, is playing the same exact deck that Sup brought to Decade's tournament. Uh, it's a red eye zombie beatdown deck with magic arm shield. That's all I have to say about this one. Uh, yeah, and actually, before we move on too far, I'd like to correct. It's called Ultimate Providence. Right, I was yeah. calling it Divine Providence. Yeah, playing too much Hearthstone. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Uh, fourth place, Mill, Panda Jin. We've heard of this guy before. Uh, Mill has developed as a counter deck to Red Eyes. Why? Oh yeah. Oh, why does? Why is Mill a counter deck to Red Eyes? Just first of all. Because when you're playing Red Eyes, you're. So if you think about like the best hand you can have with Red Eyes, it's probably going to be Insight, Cards of the Red Stone. A red eyes and um, maybe champions vigilance if you're running that version or like mirror wall or something like that to protect your red eyes maybe maybe a second uh, spirit to bring back another red eyes but so if you play the insight that's minus two cards from your deck and then you play the cards of the red stone and that's minus another three cards because you're going to be sending that other dragon into the uh, graveyard as well and you're drawing the two so when you're playing against Red Eyes, they will almost always have half a deck just to start the game because they have <laughs> they are going to be running a 20-card deck and they're going to want to put five cards out of their deck and either into their hand or into their graveyard on the first turn alone. And that's before they even realize that you're a mill deck unless um, these guys are probably running, uh, what's it called, the... The skill that adds, yeah, dual standby. So uh, you'll know from the get-go that they're dual standby, uh, that they're mill decks, but you, you still want to play your game, so you're probably going to play those cards anyway. You might not put the second dragon um, when you play the cards of the redstone. You might not put the other one into your graveyard, but you, you want to play this inside anyway. Otherwise, you're just going to sit there and do nothing all game, and uh, that's not going to help you win either. So essentially... They only need to mill you usually like three-ish times to just mill you out because 
in my normal games, I end many games with um, somewhere between five and ten cards in my deck when I'm running Red Eyes. And so, you know, that's not that many activations of their various mill cards. And that makes sense. It's, uh, I think we talked about it a little while ago, it's a little bit of a risky play in that you are putting things into their graveyard that they want to reanimate anyway. So you're kind of helping them out. But um, I think it's worth it because... Yeah, this deck has they're... enough stall mechanics to right. make it work, I think, yeah. Yeah, you've got the stall mechanic, and it's just like, if for it to be beneficial to them, it kind of has to be like just the right... Um, just the perfect storm, I guess, where like the dragons get in the graveyard, but not the reanimator tools, and like you know they they still can activate it in time, and then they can counter your stall cards if they run that version. So uh, um, it's I don't know. I haven't tested the matchup very much, um, so I don't know how strong of a counter it is. It might just be a favorable matchup instead of a counter, but. It seems like it's in a pretty good spot these days. Um, when there's when you expect there to be a lot of red eyes, you don't have to go that hard um, to deck them out. And even the decks that aren't like full red eyes, like or um, or at all red eyes, like uh, the zombie Gemini, doesn't run red eyes, but it does mill itself a lot because it's trying to put cards into its graveyard as well. Right. It's not as much of an advantage, but it might be a favorable matchup as well for the same reason that you're, it, they're kind of helping you out just by naturally playing their deck. Yeah. So this list is here if you want to check it out. Uh, I haven't seen it too much in PvP, but uh, it's probably better in the tournament format anyways. Yeah, I think in PvP, you're, I, I have to assume that you're disfavored against Mako. Which I've seen a good amount of in PvP. I think it's kind of like probably the second most popular deck, um, and so you can't really climb the ladder very well. Uh, Naturia and Mako are probably both bad matchups, and I see a lot of both of them. So yeah. I don't think that that's going to work out on the ladder as well. Makes sense. All right, uh, we're going to talk about the other decks. Fourth place also seemed to be a mill deck. A uh, very similar deck. Except it runs Sphere Karibo. Uh, instead of Curse of Anubis. I think that's the one difference. Um, fifth place Pharaoh Attempt with Red Eyes Fusion. Has yeah, Muscle Blader. <laughs> right. Just a, a correction to the intro. I had for some reason, I put this down as a normal uh, red eyes when it's it runs the normal red eyes, but it's clearly not a normal red eyes. Um, the, I mean, I guess you, it runs the normal red eyes and the champion's vigilance, which is probably the core of the normal red eyes list with quotes. But uh, the addition of the Buster Blader and the polymerizations is a very interesting take, and clearly not the typical move. I think it was probably out of necessity because he's only running one Red Eyes Insight, 
which yeah. I have to assume is just because he doesn't have more than them because there's no way that you would intentionally run just one Red-Eyes Insight. So uh, it's also interesting that he is running Destiny Draw. Um, he has very close to a balance setup anyway, so it's a little bit weird that he chose Destiny I guess he wanted to counter the mirror match in a different way by running the polymerization. Oh, got a dark yeah. paladin out, and then they can't beat twenty eight hundred guy. <laughs> right, and plus the like the ability is anti dragons too, right? Isn't that kind of the point of the Buster Blader? Oh yeah, get stronger uh, with dragons. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting take. It, the version that he ran. Clearly did well for him. He got in the 5th to 8th place range, which is pretty solid. Um, but it looks pretty unrefined because he's only got the one insight. And um, and I'd like to mess around with it more, but I don't really... I have one Dark Paladin, one of the other fusion things, so I don't know if I could really um, yeah. run it. Gives hope to people who didn't farm well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 7th. Uh, Place Hubi has a uh, red eye zombie deck. This Hubi, yeah. Um, he has Jar of Avarice though to count mill, counter mill though. Uh, Is that how you about this thing. would pronounce it? I'm seeing who he. Oh yeah, I have bad eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanna make sure. Just so in like, case he's listening. You uh, like the uh, you like the Jar of Avarice. Yeah, I do. I think this is another interesting one where he is also running the 10-5-5 structure but not going with balance. Um, going with the beatdown, which we know that people like to do uh, to give you the advantage in the mirror match because if your guys are 300 bigger, then you can attack over their red eyes. But I do like the Jar of Avarice in a in the balance version because then you can have a really solid chance of drawing it and um and you know getting it in time to counter the mill decks so if i were running if i were going to a tournament with this sideboard structure i would probably run the balance version with jar of avarice and retort in my sideboard to smash on the uh, mirror match and to hopefully make the mill match uh, a little bit, either maybe even flip it to slightly favorable, but more likely just make it less unfavorable. This is gonna happen next week, right? You're gonna become full esports. That's <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah. Look out for deck tech. Uh, keep a, keep an eye on your streams. <laughs> yeah. uh, finally, eighth place. I am Bakora brought the Destiny board, which uh, does that thing when when Necrofear is in your graveyard, you count them down five turns, and then they die. Uh, that's how the deck works. Um, I think that's how it works. Um, but it runs a bunch of zombie cards. Uh, Goblin Zombies, flexible in getting Heavy Knight or Pump Princess. And as you know, some decks, uh, once you have Necrofear out, you could just put them in defense mode, put her in defense mode. And with Pump Princess, that kind of just weakens your opponent every turn. Uh, a lot of different combat tricks. Um... Yeah, it's just a stall deck, from what I can tell. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, we know that Heavy Knight is really powerful in 
this current format in which there's so many special summons. And when you can protect it with, uh, we've got a Super Rush Headlong here, we've got three enemy controllers, we've got a Mirror Wall and a Windstorm, um, in addition to the Pump Princess and the uh, Spear Kuribo. Tons of ways to protect it. Just like the control decks that got Speared brought and um, enemy controller also has the added bonus of you can steal their red eyes and kill them with it. So there's a lot of really good stall tactics and uh, counterplays here, and I I like it. It's a cool deck. All right. So we have the link to the whole write-up. They don't have a tournament today or tomorrow, so uh, this is the one for now. Uh, Yami Merrick is finally here. Uh, some people call him Melvin. Uh, <laughs> same guy. Long, long-awaited event is here. It's running uh, till the third, uh, the midnight of the third and the second. The, uh, yeah. the end of Wednesday. The end of let's just say at the end of Wednesday. Um, it's another gate event where you collect map pieces. And I guess that's kind of like. Uh, Dual Battle City, where they're collecting locator cards, it's kind of the same thing. Um, the the different thing about it is he doesn't show up for free, unlike the other people have. I think that's the main difference. Uh, you yeah. have to duel him at the gate. Uh, with the EX gems you get in this time, uh, you get Big Shield Gardener, some of Bakora's drop cards. And some cards from other events like Flame Veil, Grunica, Gamushara. Those are kind of the um, dual fun or card flipper cards. Uh, Meku, Master of Barriers. And also some of Merrick's cards like Dark Jeroid is available for purchase. Um, remember, spend your EX gems right after the event because they expire on the 7th or 8th. Uh, the good thing about Merrick is that he's pretty easy to farm in that he has really limited tricks. He only has one trap card that can kind of mess you up. Um, and that only occurs when you attack, so you could just not attack till the end and counter that trap card. Uh, you're doing really well with Labyrinth Builder, right? Yes, I am. Um, I posted a version of it that did not use Union Attack to our Twitter kind of like a day or two into the event after I had worked on it a little bit and, and come up with some version that I liked. And then after I made that version, I worked on making a version that runs the Union Attack. And that version's pretty solid as well. I've been having good success with it, so I've been sticking with that one. But I will post both in... We'll post both with the show notes. Yeah. Um, but do we want to... Do you want to talk about how it works, or are we... Uh, if you want, yeah, you running, running low on time. I'll, I'll make it quick. Okay. Um, so Lab Builder, we've used it for some farms in the past. The way it works is you put two cards from your hand back into your deck, and it creates a 3,000 defense labyrinth wall. The biggest thing that Merrick has is 3,300. So if you play a yellow luster shield, which is a continuous spell card, or a sorceress wall, which is a uh, field spell, they both give it a constant 300 defense buff. So he cannot attack through it at that point. And then all you have to do is get through your entire deck and um, and do your finisher. I use Storm on the last turn so that you can avoid that trap. Um, 
those traps that right. Green Ranger was just talking about. So um, that's kind of it. The gobl- good goblin housekeeping is amazing for getting through your deck quickly. I've been doing Serb Heal, and Serb Heal, you just need to get your Serb out and play four spell cards so that your Serb has 3,400, and then the Masked Beast can't destroy it. Uh, you run a lot of heal cards. Spell Absorption is a good safety valve in case you're running low. Um, I use anti-magic arrows uh, to counter the Nightmare Wheel so I don't have to destroy them. Um, Union Attack Vassal can get 9,000 max with this version. Nice. Uh, yep, so pretty easy to farm him. And also be mindful of the EX Gem rewards. There are rewards for beating him 30 times and playing him 40 times. So if you can get those, uh, shoot for those. Um, and there's also more free gem locations. There's something called a Street Replay where you can watch a PvP game. From what we could tell, it's different from different people. Uh, at first we thought it was the same, but it's not. Um and then there's well, also on the, on the first day it was the same because it was bugged for like a day or two. It was the same uh, duel, yeah. Yeah, it was the same duel for everyone, I think. And uh, regardless of that, everyone's was stuck for. It's supposed to change every day, but yeah. everyone got the same one for the first two days because it was bugged. But now it's fixed. We're getting different things, and we uh, and it changes every day. So. It'll be pretty cool to see yourself on it. <laughs> I don't yeah, know how they pick these. I want someone to be like, wow, your dual replay was so good. I saw you in my game. I got five gems. Thanks. You're welcome. They actually show the name of the deck, which is kind of weird. Uh, They do that. And then um, there's also another way to get gems. You can watch a corny video about a deck preview. (laughs) They have it for the next set, Electric Overload, which we'll talk about right now. And they play that music that uh, Deck Tech doesn't like. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, hit those. Hit the, the street replay every day to get five gems. Hit the other one, the card one, to get five when they have a new set. And the new set is coming on Monday, I believe. Uh, it's probably going to come like in the afternoon or something, but it's called Electric Overload. Full box set, so it's one of the bigger ones. It has a bunch of network themes, so machines. Specifically, they're like flying machines, I think, from what I could tell. They got some <laughs> Union Monsters. Spirit Monster, some of the more iconic ones from the TCG uh, when we were playing it. Ninjas, Ice Barrier Monsters, and they also have some other stuff like Frogs and uh, I forget what else they had, but very specific themes, you could just tell. Um, and they released the card list, so we're going to go over some of the cards. And one of the more notable cards, more mainly from the TCG I'd say, is the XYZ Dragon Cannon. So you are... And it's, it's unique in that it has separate rare subfusions, so the X can go with the Y and the Z, uh, and the Y and the Z can go for themselves. So you could combine different parts. Uh, the XYZ, I think it has the ability where you could discard a card and destroy a card on the field, right? I think that's what it does. Yes. Yeah. And then the... Y, Z, and the X, Y, and the X, Z, or whatever, the the two combo ones have a similar ability, except it's limited to um, either monsters or spells traps. So um, if you get all three out, then you get a little bit more utility. But it's really cool that you can kind of combine them as much as you have them. Right. 
and you don't need polymerization, which is also interesting. Yeah, so they're fusions. Kind of, yeah. They're fusions that you don't need that for, um, which means you can kind of do it. You can like do it as many times as you need, and it's a little bit less of a card disadvantage for doing it as well. And I'm pretty sure this is why this is where the XZ's mechanic comes from, because that's exactly what you do. You don't need a fusion. You just combine them like that. So uh, whenever that comes, uh, this is where the name came from, I'm pretty sure. The creator and the creator incarnate. The creator cannot be special summoned. This is a card we saw in the leaks for a while, but once per turn, you can target one monster in your graveyard, send one card from your hand to the graveyard, and special summon the monster. Creator Incarnate is a tribute card. You attribute it to special summon the creator from your hand. Yeah. So uh, the, the creator can't be special summoned from the graveyard was the end of that, uh, the first text. But the creator's stats are okay. 2300 attack is pretty weak for a two tribute, but it does have 3000 defense. So, um, you know, you can stick him in defense mode maybe and get more value out of its ability but 2300 is also solid-ish um, up until recently there weren't too many things that were bigger than that in the meta since everyone was running mostly like the four star monsters now that we have so many red eyes and, and everything those don't line up very well for the creator but it's a really powerful ability so I could see maybe some things switching around at some point and it, yeah. it becoming like an engine that people want to use. It kind of reminds me of the Phoenix um, now with allowing you to kind of cheat it out and then also having these uh, graveyard play with, in this case, other powerful monsters that come back from the graveyard. Another card to look out for is Angmarl, the Fiendish, Fiendish Monarch, which is a 2400 attack fiend for one tribute. When this card's tribute summoned, you can banish a spell card from your graveyard, and you can add one card with the same name as the banished spell card from your deck to your hand. It just seems like a really powerful card. Um, it's one tribute, so it's easy to get out. Good, yeah. Yeah. And the stats are solid, and the effect is super powerful. Um, I'm thinking it's got really good synergy with cards like Soul Exchange and with uh, Enemy Controller, where you can eat their monster and then also get another use out of those cards. So um, it also is coming at a time when we have a lot of ways to get out one Tribute Monsters more easily with Amari Lee's uh, Treeborn Frog, which is in this upcoming set as well. Fable Lurie, which is also in this set. Um, the Bluff Trap ability with Odeon. So there's lots of ways to kind of get him out, and the, the card just seems really solid. So I'm, I'm hoping that I can open uh, like a couple of these and experiment with it. But it's a big box, and yeah. since he's an ultra-rare, there's probably just one of him in each box, so I don't know if that's going to happen. It's going to be on the uh, 175th pack <laughs> yeah uh chiron the mage one of kaiba's cards or i forgot who used it but uh 1800 attack beast warrior once per turn you can discard a spell card and then discard one spell or trap 
Well, then target one spell trap your opponent controls and destroy that card. Pretty useful. Pretty useful card. Yeah, I think it's one of those like utility cards that can see play in a ton of decks, um, much like Shield Spear. And, <laughs> and it's got good stats. Um, it It's not going to make or break any decks, I think. It's not like a build-around card in that sense, but... It's definitely a solid card that you wouldn't be upset if you opened it. You know, you've got... It's probably going to see a lot of play over the course of its life. Yep. Uh, Thunder, Nyan, Nyan. 1900 attack Thunder card. If there's not, if there's a non-light monster on your side of the field, destroy this card. No tributes, though. Yeah. I used to play this card back when I played in the paper TCG. And... I was using it in a Black Luster Soldier slash Chaos deck, and that's one of the ones where you need to... You can special summon by removing a light and a dark from your graveyard. And so it was a nice beater, and if you needed to, you can easily put it into your graveyard by playing one of your dark monsters. So it was pretty good in that deck. It was a little bit of a budget choice, but it was still pretty solid. Um... In this game, though, it seems like at this time there are fewer reasons why you would want to do that. That we do have a couple. Dark Flare Dragon is the one that comes to mind, um, but it's not as powerful as uh, the Black Luster Soldier version was, and it's not really like a build around card as much as that previous deck was. The the one that I was playing in real life. So I don't think this will likely see a ton of play. Um, at least as the cards are now, but maybe at some point, you know, I'll keep an eye on it. I also like, just like the card, nostalgia purposes, solid beatdown. And and the last point is that there's not nearly as many good light monsters in this game as there were in the trading card game, so um, maybe. Maybe it'll grow into it. This card plus the Hunter family is going to be tier one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Tiger Dragon, 2400 Dragon, one tribute. Uh, when this card's tribute summoned by tributing a dragon, you can target two face down spell or trap cards your opponent controls and destroy them. Sounds good. Uh, we just don't know if OC play right now. Let's, let's use full right. ability. Yeah, I think it sounds good, but it's a bit of a trap. Um, because most of the dragon decks that we're seeing these days aren't like typical tempo type dragon decks but the reanimator red eye stuff and so you're not really going to be tributing your dragons for a little while there uh right after mokuba there were a lot of the types of dragon decks that this would work very well with where you were just running tempo cards like mirage dragon and uh maybe that flam whatever dragon that is now a uh now in the trader again so you know there were like a couple things where this might work, but now the meta is just not really... You don't really want to tribute your dragons. You just want to beat down with them. So I don't think... I think it's a bit of a trap as the meta is now, but we will yeah. see. Maybe It's a joke that I, I never knew Red Eyes had support, and I would have said this is so much better than Red Eyes because it's one tribute. Yeah, I mean, just naturally <laughs> on its own, it is. Yeah. It's uh, clearly much better, but it doesn't have all the really good support cards that we now have for red eyes so yep 
machine assembly line, continuous trap, a uh, continuous spell card. Um, all machine monsters on the field gain two hundred attack. Each time a face-up machine is destroyed by battle or card effect, place two junk counters on this card. You can send this card to the graveyard and target one machine in your graveyard whose level is less, less than or equal to the number of junk counters that are on this card. The special summon it. Yeah, so I like this one just for part of a tempo machine kind of aggro-y type thing. Um, I'm thinking that it would look a lot like the old Dino decks did. Yeah. Um, you get the buff, and you also get this um, longevity, I guess, or stickiness, as they like to call it in Hearthstone, where you can bring back your monsters. Uh, we have some decent machines, and we're getting more in this set, where we've got 1,800 attack, a couple of them, 1,800 attack, four-star machines. So it, it feels a little bit slow to be playing in that way in a meta in which they're going to be summoning a couple red eyes in that same time um, or where hammer shark can fill up their entire board on maybe the first or second turn. But I think maybe there's some room there. And if so, I, I like this in that type of deck. Okay. Uh, reverse reuse is a trap card. Target two flip monsters in your graveyard, special summon them to your opponent's, side of the field and face up or face down defense so I don't think this one's actually going to see a ton of play but I do like it for meme purposes and specifically in a lava golem owner's seal deck which right. uh, you and I were talking about somebody I think on reddit posted that they had done one and yep, so fun yeah it looks fun uh, you, have you been playing with something similar uh, I played it the first day I saw it, and I was 3-1. and one. That, That's my only experience to look at the, the deck. Hey, there you go. 75% win rate. Deck's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to see, you know, if I'm... I'm thinking that I might be playing with that a little bit in the time to come, because it seems yeah. fun. I only have one Mystic Box. I was thinking I might try to farm a second one before I build yeah. it, but um seems like a fun deck, and I think that this trap reverse reuse might work in it maybe and this is not on the list but let's talk about the pink turtle okay the pink let's talk turtle. about the pink it's, turtle it's in latin so i don't i don't really know latin but it's numen erat testudo five star aqua 1800 attack zero defense neither player can special summon monsters with 1800 or less attack right so the or less is <laughs> what makes it not that um, important, right. I think. Um, it is an adorable pink turtle, and it's clearly in prominence in the picture. I, I actually love this art. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, and that its name is in Latin, like it makes it seem so intense. But I don't think this card's very good because what are you countering at this point? You're countering like scapegoat tokens, like um, hammer shark. <laughs> hammer shark. Okay, yeah, you're right. I guess that's why. Um, but like it, the glaring thing is, it doesn't counter red eyes. That's what makes right. it look bad. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. What you wanted to counter is red eyes, and you're not countering it. Instead, you're countering hammer shark, which is not nothing because, like I said, that deck's probably like second or third most popular. Yeah. But uh, they can also attack through 1800 attack. Unlike red eyes, if they can't special summon, they can still play the game. So. Um, 
I don't think it's going to make a big impact against either deck. I don't know if this will counter the Weevil Parasite. Like, if it counters a skill. Uh, I don't know what that, that counts as. Yeah, that's a that's good question. It, it might. I've not seen a ton of Weevil since then anyway, though. Yeah. Oh, well. All right, so that set's coming by tomorrow. Uh, sometime tomorrow. Um... Uh, are you going to buy a lot of the set, or are you not as interested? Um, right now, I'm not as interested. I'm going to yeah. wait to see if maybe something comes of it. Uh, the fact that it is a big box means that I'm uh, like it's really disheartening because there are a couple ultra rares that I would really like to play with, but I know that I'm going to want at least two copies if I'm going to try to build a deck around the deck or the card, and two copies of an ultra rare people are still hunting for their mirror walls like right. from yeah. six months ago so um i'm a little bit disheartened uh this set also came like right after crimson kingdom and dawn of destiny i'm still yeah. buying through dawn of destiny and i gave up on crimson kingdom like i'm not done buying crimson kingdom i just decided that i didn't need to get Gozuki's because uh, I was running the normal the Red Eyes version. So, like, there's tons, I, and I don't think I'm alone, but there's tons of cards that people are still trying to get from the other sets, and this was released a little bit too early, I think. And I don't, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe the reason why is because the world champs are coming up, and they want those players to play with the new cards and also, like, have some time to get them and learn how they work and whatever. So, I don't know. Seems it's like... Bit, it's a bit late notice for them, in my opinion. Like, two weeks and you, your game plan is screwed up. Yeah. you got new cards, yeah. This this seems like a, the co-money meme to me. Yeah. It's like, well, we're paying for your trip, <laughs> but please buy our cards in first. Uh, but... Yeah, Dawn of Destiny is the one you would shoot for just because it's so fast. Um, if you're free to play, I would say good cards goes through faster. Oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. it has the most of the Naturia deck. Almost all of it comes from Dawn of Destiny just on its own. And so, if yeah. you're a free to play player or a newer player, I would definitely suggest Dawn of Destiny as your Headlong. starting point. Headlong gets is is supplants um, order to charge. I mean, mm -hmm. just a lot, of, a lot of good cards here. Yeah. Uh, new event, Elegant Mai, is coming early August, uh, second or third, right after America event, and they teased one card, which is Venu, the Bright Bird of Divinity, uh, ritual card, twenty eight hundred attack fairy. Once per turn, you can reveal one monster in your hand, target one face up monster on the field. This turn, that lo target's level becomes the revealed monsters. Once per turn, if another monster's in your hand or field is tributed, you can target one monster in your graveyard and add it to your hand. Seems like it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of. It was a lot of work for you because you had to read it, and there's so many words on it. But <laughs> um, I think I like that "return it to your hand" feature. That's kind of cool, but. I don't think this card is going to see much play because rituals are a big investment, and so right. you need like a lot of payout to make them worth it. And so, really, the only rituals that have ever seen much play are like the 
Garlandorf and uh, and relinquished, of course. And so, I, it's like whenever you see a new ritual, you just got to be a little bit skeptical because right. the power level needs to be really high for it to be worth that investment for it to work. And obviously, Mike can release any of the Amazonist cards that have not been released, and also potentially Harpies. So, definitely an event to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. Restructor Revolution Limitation has finally gone live. Um, I still seen Taya Burn, but that may have been last week. I don't know. Yeah, these are these are actually future announcements. It's not gone live yet. It's going oh. live in August. It's still too late. It should be gone by now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I dueled against Taya Burn, thinking they only had one. Ah, uh, they still didn't beat me. Like they they suck, but uh, I don't know. This uh, week's third-rate duelist is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I I think it's funny because you're saying that you've faced it a couple times, but I haven't faced Taya Burn forever. I, it was I, like when when I was getting from gold to platinum, like platinum one. I faced so many of them. I guess people just trying to get quick games in before it changes and stuff. But yeah, it seems like it's not really relevant in the meta anymore. Right. Yeah. Which is Red Eyes Spirit just gets rid of their their cards. Right, yeah. yeah. Red Eyes gets rid of their hand very quickly. And that's similar to what happened with the skills where right after the Harpies slash Weevil meta kind of stopped being as relevant and certainly stopped being as dominant is when the skill nerfs went live. You're like, okay, well, we could have used this a month ago. And it kind of feels the same way with the this restructure revolution where people stop playing it, and yep. now it's going to get limited. Right. Duelathon is coming back early August during the Maya event, probably. They Oh, yeah, there's a clue. They said you'll be gliding your way to victory, or gliding your way across Duel World. So I think it's going to be like a glider or a plane. Hmm. Yeah, that is a good clue. Um, yep. It's one of our favorite events that we like because we get a lot of stuff. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! World Championships uh, in Japan taking place mid-August. They have everyone's pictures. Um, it's going to take place on the 13th. We don't really know the time right now, but we assume it's going to be amenable for uh, Japan time. So look out for the times. It's going to be live-streamed. Uh, DK'd, Tutpup, uh, notable players. They're going to be in the Duel Links position. You could see every player's picture. Uh, they don't have the names for them, which is kind of funny. They're the names for the card game players, but not for the dual links players. So digital athletes are uh, go by fake names uh, and little quotes by them. It's funny they have the kid version and the, the the kid division, and they're all just like "I want to win" or something. It's like <laughs> it's like you kind of tell their age. <laughs> well, if you read the other quotes, they're pretty much the same. Like. It's funny that they give them this opportunity to pretend like they're doing a little bio or something, but it's not a bio at all. It's just a, you get two lines. It's like a yearbook quote is what it is. Yeah, but they're just saying they want to win, like right. typically. Yeah. But if you look at, like, TCG, I just clicked on a random one. Canada's yeah. Richard Yam. His comment is, take home the gold. Like, okay, yeah. Richard, I agree, but, like, um, and not to call him out, but... I'm pretty sure they only give each person one sentence, cause, or two, I guess. Kenny here has two. 
Kenny Nguyen from the USA to come in first and become world champion to have fun. So his comment was like an answer to their question as to what his goals were. And yeah. actually take home the gold is probably that as well. Uh, our friend DK'd, all he said is, I'm very excited to play amongst the best players at Duel Links. I hope to do well. Like, yeah. this isn't a bio or anything. It's, they're <laughs> kind of like non-comments, like these tiny, <laughs> um, totally pointless to have it there. I really, I think it would have been really cool if they had mentioned, like, done a little past experience um, with past, like, tournament results, the way that they got to this stage, um, win-loss record, anything like that would have been really cool. The Duel Links players, they could have had a ton of stats on them, for instance, yeah. because it's automatically recorded just in the game. And giving them more than, you know, two sentences would have been nice as well. Yep. Oh, yeah, and there was a, there was a thing about the South American players, like they couldn't go or something. I think there was some comment on Reddit about that. So they're looking for the South American players because there aren't, currently aren't any. Yeah, I noticed it looked a little light as to the number of competitors, and I didn't know why because I didn't see that uh, Reddit yeah. thread about the South American players missing. So that's weird. Yeah, you gotta go find them. Um, oh yeah, and a star hitman is the Puerto Rican guy. I think he's the second. He's the guy who moved up because Timmy got disqualified. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll be rooting for them by default, or decayed, or top pop. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we don't. We don't really know the other guys. That's the issue. Yeah, and I think that that's a cool aspect of it is that maybe as uh, because Duel Links is still a really new game. Um, obviously, they've been pumping out content super fast, so it doesn't feel like it's a brand new game, but it really is pretty new. And so, unless you're just really in tuned with the like the highest level play, like all of DK's people probably are. Um, they seem to know like these names of people who continually do well, um, but we track like the Reddit tournaments every week, and we track the t- tournaments that we can, and even we only know a few names. So yeah. I gotta assume the average player knows next to none of the uh, the highest level players. So it'd be really cool to see as this game develops if there become these like these known names uh, as has developed in most other games um yeah so it'd be really cool yep uh paradox brothers are returning mid-august uh one of the most important legendary duels to get because they get a lot of farming help with their skills um you know it makes sense that they're giving them to the people who miss them um and we don't know how new cards are going to work in the world championships uh, they might just disqual like they might just like limit or ban those cards maybe. Yeah, or it might be a clue that this event's going live right after the World Champs maybe are over. Yeah. Um, that's what I would do if I were Konami, but you know I would do a couple things differently if I were Konami. So that's not the they most might, helpful. They might have radical card shifts after maybe. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what they did with like the uh, World Champs qualifiers is that they didn't. Uh, put out any new content for a little bit before it, like a couple yeah. weeks. And then um, they brought back the old content as well about a month prior, two months prior, or something like that. And then and they held off on releasing new stuff until after the event went live and concluded. Yep. 
So we'll see where it goes. Maybe this game would shift dramatically after the 13th. We'll see. Um, and finally, the last topic is a new legendary duelist and a new event is scheduled for late August. Um, who could this guy be? This guy could be Solomon Moto, which is Yugi's grandpa. Uh, could be Bones. Could be Rebecca. Anyone, I guess. I think the event is the Kaiba Grand Prix, which was the event that happened in the last season because uh, they were stuck in America and they couldn't get back or something. But <laughs> that, like, the clue about Kaiba's, not Kaiba, Yugi's grandpa competed in the tournament uh, under a disguise, and I'm thinking he would be the guy you would get. Hmm. That's my guess. I'm interested in the uh, new type of event aspect of it. Um, because I think we have most of the like recognizable duelists from the original series, and it said it would be someone from the original series. Right. So I'm not exactly sure who we're missing. We were joking that it'd be Tristan uh, because yeah. he's missing from the gang, but he's not a duelist, so uh, maybe that's why it has to be a new type of event. Could be Dungeon Dice Monsters. <laughs> it could. Be, you know what? It could be actually. It could be Duke. Um, with some sort of, you know, special rules because he's Duke. So they have to, it, they have to play. They have to play the sexy music when he when he shows up, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, another point, just kind of a news slash speculation point, is that there was a, a the official Duel Links info Twitter posted a picture showing Arcana as a playable character at like a recent uh, convention event type thing, and. Some people were speculating that perhaps that meant that we would be getting him as a playable character. I think that'd be a little bit weird and probably yeah. less likely than some other options, but obviously it's it's an option. They it's, have all it's of the it's stuff. the easiest thing to do. Yeah, it's it's really easy, but it's just like if there are enough dark magician cards to give up as level up rewards, you know? Like I don't think I don't think there's enough. Yeah, I mean, it's you only need a couple because you can just give multiple copies. Like, you get one at level 10 and then another one at level 16 of the same card. That's kind of what they did with the Paradox Brothers. But yeah. I just think it'd be weird because it, the timing doesn't quite work. Um, if it were right, like, in early August, then I'd be a little bit more inclined to think it because it'd be like, you've defeated Merrick, and then... He's like, oh, you freed me. I want to be on your team now, and I want to play with you. And I'd be like, okay, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. But at the end of the month, it kind of seems like it has to be something just completely separate from them. And again, it's it would be weird to make Arcana into like this major character when he never was one, and he's already yeah. kind of gotten more than his due, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Seeker. A uh, seeker is the level ten duelist. And he's the guy who runs Exodia, because they put Exodia in the level 10 deck. Actually, in the Rare Hunter deck. Yeah. People, people have been beat by Exodia. That's what I was going to say. I saw a Reddit post that someone lost like on turn 2 to just drawing Exodia. Oh, okay. And there are numerous hilarious videos on YouTube. You just look up, you just look up like Yugi, uh, Seeker dual, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh or something, and people just have expletive riddled... <laughs> Uh, things they just lose Exodia on the first turn in this game. That's fine. So, yep. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna finish up for today. 
it's uh, episode 20, so thanks for everyone who has listened uh, so far, and will continue to listen. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcasting things. Check out the podcast and more on our website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. Check out our YouTube channel if you want to listen to us there. Uh, help, help us grow at patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. Send us an email with any suggestions or comments at dual, thedualassessment at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, dual underscore assessment. Uh, Deck Tech typically is the one who checks faster than me. Uh, me <laughs> at Green Ranger HS and Deck Tech at HS Deck Tech. That's right. We love uh, all of you guys for listening and uh, for tweeting us as well because that's nice. That's fun. We like Twitter. Yep, it's great. <laughs> all right. Uh, happy dueling, everyone. Happy dueling. Catch you all next time.